Studiositas, it sounds like studiousness because there's a connection there, refers to a virtuous study of things that really are your business to study. Whereas curiositas, and I use the Latin not to sound presumptuous or pretentious here, but just because it's not quite what we normally mean by curiosity. Curiositas refers to the vice of always wanting to, to step aside and peer into things that aren't really your business, to stare at the dumpster fire, to listen to the latest drama in the church, to listen to gossip or to engage in it. It's this desire, this untempered desire to indulge in information that's just not our business and it's just not helpful for us. It's not helpful to any of the vocations or the roles or the responsibilities God has given to us. And yet, oftentimes we experience this pull, this tug to obsess over that kind of stuff. But again, classically, uh, Christian in Christian tradition, that's been recognized as this sort of pernicious vice. Well, hello and welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network International, bringing to you another conversation about this, our daily task of growing in imitation of and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks again for being with me for this conversation. This is my first time in a while that I'm here alone in the studio. I've been doing a long study with Brother Rex Anthony Norris on the spirituality of the 12 steps. Um, we just concluded that study. You can go check it out at deepinchrist.com. It was a great study about this program for personal change. So many great themes, you know, prayer, um, abandonment to God's will, our need for a Savior. So many good things in that program. I, I encourage you to check out that study if you missed any of it. But today, I'm embarking in a new direction. I, I've got some, some guests uh, and some studies lined up, but I wanted to take a, an interim program here this week and just talk about some things that have been on my mind and heart lately. Uh, once again, before I get into that, just a reminder, this is a, a production of the Coming Home Network International. We're a network of people who have come to embrace the Catholic Church, uh, people who have made that journey, people who are thinking about becoming Catholic. If that's you, this is your network. And so these conversations, um, while, uh, while much of our, our resources and our conversations are about the Church, this question of is she who she says she is, about her theology, apologetics, those kinds of things, this conversation— as I, I remind every time, this conversation is about the daily tasks that we all share, right? No matter where we are with relation to the church or whatever stage of life we might be in, whatever stage of vocational discernment we might be in, the daily task remains the same. The, 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 the thread that binds it all together remains the same, that this day I'm to serve God, I'm to, I'm to walk with my Lord Jesus Christ. And so this show is a conversation, a, a reminder, a daily or a weekly exploration about this thread, the daily walk with Christ, that, that has to be there. That has to be our foundation stone as we work out these other questions of the church and, and our, our journey and our place in this world. So again, that's what this, this show is about. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, one of my favorite quotes from this guy, actually here. I'm pointing up. Oh, which, which shoulder is it? G.K. Chesterton, one of my favorite um, quotes from him. And it's from a, an essay uh, of the title, uh, Wanted, an Unpractical Man. That essay shows up in his book, What's Wrong with the World, which is this great, great little book, short book, short chapters, social commentary, all kinds of topics, all range of topics. It's, it's GKC at his best, at his wittiest, I think, in that book. 
But this chapter in particular is one of my favorites. And let me just read you the quote that I had in mind, and then I'd like to, to share some reflections, and I'd love to know what you think as well. So this is from, uh, from that essay. He writes, There has arisen in our time a most singular fancy, the fancy that when things go very wrong, we need a practical man. It would be far truer to say that when things go very wrong, we need an unpractical man. Certainly, at least, we need a theorist. A practical man means a man accustomed to mere daily practice, to the way things commonly work. When things will not work, you must have the thinker, the man who has some doctrine about why they work at all. It is wrong to fiddle while Rome is burning, but it is quite right to study the theory of hydraulics while Rome is burning. Unquote there. So we have this, this interesting quote by G.K. Chesterton, and in, in Chesterton typical fashion, uh, it's a bit topsy-turvy. He's always comparing things back and forth. And so we, we have this exploration of this idea of a practical man versus an unpractical man, a theorist, a thinker. And what I love about this quote is it, first of all, it, it, it recognizes that when things are going wrong, and in some sense that's the state of life that we all live in all the time, this side of heaven, that things are always declining, things are always falling apart. Uh, it's always a, a bit of a battle. We can never, we're never arrived this side of heaven. It's a continual conversion. And so in that state of things, that status via Taurus, you know, the state of being on the way that we live in as human beings and that we live in uh, hopefully consciously and intentionally as Christians, um, it means that, you know, like it's, a, it's, a, it's always a process. It's always a journey. And uh, we can get comfortable in that. We can get complacent. We can get uh, very content with where we are in a negative sense. There's a certain, certainly a contentment that the gospel calls us to, that we're called to in the New Testament, St. Paul talks about. But there's a contentment with just allowing things to be as they are, to not grow, to not move, to not make a change, even though it's clear that things aren't working. And again, he points out in this quote that um, what he means by a practical man is a person who's accustomed to the way things are and is content with the way things are in a negative sense. He's okay with things going on as they are, even though it's clear if he, if he examined his heart of hearts, he would be clear that a change needs to be made. And of course, this is a, this is a appropriate quote after the study we just did on the spirituality of the 12 steps. Uh, the 12 steps are usually something that people turn to when they have been hit in the face with the reality that something needs to change. But as we discussed, the, the reality is that we're always there, that we don't really need to wait. In fact, we oughtn't to wait until life as God's vehicle knocks us off our horse and confronts us with the reality that I too still need to change, right? And so, the, it's simply the reality that I'm a sinner, that this world is broken, that the church is in need of renewal, that our society is even uh, is in need of renewal. That's, that's evident to anyone who has their eyes uh, half open and their mind half awake. So what do we need? What kind of people do we need to be in response to that reality? And again, he explores a couple, a couple uh, I think, key points in this passage here. One that, uh, that we need to be that, that what is needed is a theorist, as he says. Now, again, the, the, what, what the conclusion of this is not that we all need to go out and become, you know, highfalutin intellectuals. That's not the point here. But 
Again, if things aren't working, it means we need to step back and understand their nature. You know, when the world, we have people in the world immersed in the world who see the chaos, who see their own sinfulness, and they don't have an answer for it. Well, well we do if we step back to examine that. And we have in Scripture, we have in, in the Gospel, we have so many of those truths, those eternal, those permanent truths that give us the answers to our practical questions, our questions of our own sinfulness, our questions of the difficulties of life. Those, those answers, they're not always easy answers, they're, they're mysteries in many sense, but we have those answers from God in, in the Scripture, in our faith. And so, again, the theorist, in the sense that G.K. Chesterton is talking about here, is that person who steps back from day-to-day life from the practical chaos of life and attends to the eternal things. That might be the way that we sum up this, this person here, this unpractical man. One aspect of him is that he attends to those things that are permanent and eternal uh, and true in the deepest sense. Now, that person, that's, this is the upshot of, of what G.K. Chesterton is talking about here, it's actually that person who's able to be most practical. I mean, think about this. Think about the, the man who has no scruples, who, no, who has no principles. When he gets caught in a moral conundrum in life, that's the man who doesn't know what to do because he doesn't know what he believes. He's never stepped back to examine that. He's never thought about who he is and why he does what he does. He's just going through life. And so it's quite easy for that man to either be content with the way things are, even when things are just terrible, or to be uh, con- confounded by the situation, what do I do? Um, whereas the person who has stepped back and attended to the, the eternal things, who is God? Who am I as his creation? Why did he make me? What is the purpose and meaning of my life? The person who steps back to attend to those things, first of all, that person finds answers. That's one of the things that we that we have in scripture. We, have, we know that the person who seeks finds, right? The person who knocks has the door open to them. So the person who even makes that step in humility saying, I I don't know, but I want to know. I don't know if there's a God, but I want to know. I don't know what God's will is for my life, but I I want to know. That person finds answers, right? So the first step is just the seeking itself. Um, But the person who seeks, again, they will find, um, even if what they find is mysterious. Many of the truths of Scripture are mysterious, for example, the, the philosophical conundrum, you might say, of trying to understand God's foreknowledge, God's omnipotent, uh, omniscient knowledge and man's free will. Well, we can't, those seem to be in, um, in um, conflict. Those seem to be contradictory, but, uh, and we can't understand how they work together, but they do. That's just the nature of reality. That's just the nature of any good story, that there is a, that there is a good author behind it, but, but each character has to continue to make good decisions. And so, again, all this is to say that we step back and attend to the truths, to the eternal things, to the permanent things. Who is God? Who am I? What is the nature of this universe? What is, what is the nature of God's goodness as it flows into natural law and into the, the moral obligations that I experience in relation to other people? The person who attends to those things gains insight into um, how things work, what things are, what life is about. And they're the people who are able to return to the practicalities of life with greater vision and purpose. And again, we're, 
we as a community here are trying to live this Christian life. We come from all different backgrounds. You know, you may come from a non-Catholic Christian background or a non-Christian background, but we're all seeking God. We're all seeking in this sense, the sense that G.K. Chesterton is talking about here, we're seeking to be that theorist. Again, this, this does not mean we, we think highly of our own intellect here or that this is, this is some academic exercise. No, we, we're seeking truth precisely for a practical purpose. We want to know what is true so that we can believe it. We want to know if the church is true so that we can be a part of it. We want to know if this or that doctrine is true so that we can live according to it. We want to know if the sacraments are what the church says they are, because if so, we want to receive that gift from our Lord. So we are theorists, but again, I, this is why I like this term, the unpractical man or woman, that I think this, this sort of describes the person who steps back to attend to the permanent eternal things, but for a practical purpose rather than the other way around, someone who remains mired and content and sort of just treading water in the practical, but never looks up to the eternal things. There's, there's sort of a, a cascade here. We attend, we seek the truth from God, we seek his answers, we seek his grace, we seek his wisdom, and then we proceed from that place of confidence to uh, re uh, return to practical life and do the best we can with it. There's another shade of this too I, I want to explore though, and that is that we might say that the, un, the unpractical man in Chesterton's sense here that he is talking about is the person who maybe has uh, their head in the clouds in the heavens, they're attending to the permanent things, but their feet are planted firmly on the ground in the actual practicalities that God has given them. Their vocation, their marriage, their parenting, their job, you know, the, the practicalities of life that God has sent them and is the means through which God wants to raise them up to be a holy man or woman, to, to, to sanctify them. It's through the actual life that God has given them. So if the unpractical man attends to the eternal things, keeps his feet and his hands firmly in the things that God has given him, what about all that, all that stuff in the middle? What about all the, the current events and the news and the noise of this world? I think this is an important thing to consider because I think we all know what a temptation it is these days. And maybe you don't consider it a temptation. I find myself in, in conversation a lot with people who think very differently about this. And so maybe I'm wrong. And if so, you can tell me. But it seems to me that there's a temptation between those highest things and then those most close and imminent uh, given things given to us by God. There's a whole lot of noise. There's a whole lot of noise because there are things that are not eternal or permanent. They're passing and changing. The news, events happening halfway across the world, you know, figures and movements and policies and institutions, all those things change and move and pass away. But those are also the things that we can only have um, imminent, changing, partial knowledge about, right? I can know that murder is wrong. That's evident and uh, in the natural law. That That is intuitively the case. I can come to know God. I can come to know Christ. I can come to know that two plus two equals four. These are permanent, eternal things. They never change. And I can be sure about them too. Now, some of them are more mysterious than others, but many of these sorts of these, these sorts of truths, truths of the moral law, truths of logic, truths of uh, the nature of this universe, philosophical truths, they actually are the, the permanent things. We can come to know very, very uh, clearly through our study and our reflection and our prayer. <sighs> but the things, uh, other things like uh, events that we hear about on the news, can you ever be truly sure that you know the truth of one of those events that you weren't even there for? And yet, 
the, the latter, the news and current events and the, the goings and comings and the noise of this world, those are the things that people argue about day in and day out. They obsess over on social media. They worry about. They drive themselves nuts about. Or, or perhaps that doesn't make them so much anxious is that it's their escape from their present realities. Instead of working, they're on the internet checking out the latest dumpster fire in the culture or in the church. But perhaps that's all noise, or at least that's the kind of stuff that we can't know as firmly as we often believe we can. And if we consider, again, what our Lord has put us on this earth to do, we have to be very clear about what kinds of information, what kinds of knowledge that we really should be pursuing. On a previous episode of Deep in Christ, I think it was Father Peter and I talked about, uh, classically, there were two virtues, or uh, I'm sorry, a virtue and a vice that concerned um, intellectual study, you might say, studiositas and curiositas. Studiositas, it sounds like studiousness because there's a connection there, refers to a virtuous study of things that really are your business to study. Whereas curiositas, and I use the Latin not to sound presumptuous or pretentious here, but just because it's not quite what we normally mean by curiosity, curiositas refers to the vice of always wanting to, to step aside and peer into things that aren't really your business, to stare at the dumpster fire, to listen to the latest drama in the church, to listen to gossip or to engage in it. It's this desire, this untempered desire to indulge in information that's just not our business and it's just not helpful for us. It's not helpful to any of the vocations or the roles or the responsibilities God has given to us. And yet, oftentimes we experience this pull, this tug to obsess over that kind of stuff. But again, classically, uh, Christian in Christian tradition, that's been recognized as this sort of pernicious vice, right? We need to reflect on, again, tending, attending to those eternal things uh, and thinking through the structure of the virtues too. Here, we think in terms of justice. What are the roles that God has given to me? What, are the, what is the order of relationships in my life? God is at the top, obviously. If I'm married, my spouse comes uh, after that, and then my children, and then my extended family, and then my community, and my job, and uh, there's all kinds of other things in there, and part of the virtue of justice is ordering those things and working out how that all fits together. But here's the question, given those those roles and relationships. Where does, where does being up on the latest political scandal fit? Where does uh, being a kind of an expert on the latest uh, um, church drama fit? How does it help those responsibilities? How does it help those roles? And everyone has to discern that for themselves. I think there probably are some people out there who legitimately do need to be a bit more up on those things, if that's if they're a journalist or if they're involved in policy or something like that. But most of us, I would dare say, feel this, this uh, curious tug to precisely focus and study on those things that really aren't any of our business. They really uh, don't edify us. They don't help us to walk with Christ today. They don't help us to fulfill the tasks and the roles that he's given us. And so I think this concept of the unpractical man that Chesterton faces us with gives us this portrait of, I think, the kind of relationship that we should have to information uh, in the modern world, but in, in any age, I think. The person who, on the one hand, uh, dutifully and studiously studies the eternal things. They meditate on scripture. 
They study the doctrine of the church. They they study it with an eye towards uh, asking, Lord, what does this mean for my life? What do you want me to do? What are you calling me to? They want to understand. Even some of the information that is uh, not as practical, but still studying the nature of reality, just studying the, the beauty of God, reading the Psalms, it's still relevant to them because it's a bit like a prayer. It's contemplation. We're sitting in the front of something true and good and beautiful, and we're allowing God to change us. I think the unpractical man or woman, on the one hand, does that. They, they turn their mind and their heart to the eternal things, to the permanent truths about reality and about themselves. And then the other half of their mind, their other eye, their, their hands, their feet are planted firmly in the given world, the world that God's given to them, the life that God has given to them. They practice the virtue of justice. They put those things in order, and they're always reflecting on how the day, how the week has gone. They're reflecting, how can I better keep things in order in my life and fulfill the responsibilities that God has given me? And I think that person also has this healthy avoidance, impatience with all the noise in the middle there. And again, the noise, the noise for you is a little bit different from the noise to me because it's based somewhat relative to our station in life, to what God has given to us. But I would, again, dare say that we all have noise that we're pulled to and that we fall to occasionally. And that doesn't make us more effective, doesn't make us a better disciple of Jesus Christ. If anything, it just makes us fearful and anxious. And so... All that is to say, again, uh, I, I enjoy, I, I found helpful G.K. Chesterton's uh, little reflection here on the unpractical man. Uh, let's, let's focus as Christians this day, this week, on uh, what we put in our minds, right? What do we fill up our minds with? I, I, was, I was thinking today in preparation for this from that passage from Philippians, which let me read that real quick. This is Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. There. They're familiar to all of us. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace will be with you. It's a great, great verse. In, in relation to what we're talking about today, what a great litany there, what a great metric, a great hermeneutic tool, we might say, for thinking about, for reflecting our informational diet, if you will. What do we allow in our minds? What do we think about? Do we think about things that are honorable and just and pure and lovely? Do we think about things that are edifying and excellent? Do we think about things that are eternal, permanent, true, good, and beautiful? Do we think about, if we are going to think about things that are temporal, that are passing in this world, are they those things that God has given to you and to me to be stewards of? the relationships, the responsibilities, the roles. We've got to fill up our minds with those things as well. I think we find God. We find God in those permanent and eternal things, and we find God 
in the most uh, humble and lowly and practical and imminent things. The tasks, the people, the relationships, the difficulties, the, 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 uh, the challenges. Those are the places we find God. So hopefully some of that was helpful to you. I, this is just the, uh, the product of my reflection in my life today. Let me know what you think about it. Let me know what you think about that, that quote from G.K. Chesterton. Let me know what you think about um, the informational diet that you consume in your life, the challenges that you face uh, with regards to keeping your mind on God um, in your day-to-day life. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear what you think. Once again, this is Deep in Christ. That's all I have for this week. I'll see you again next week. Uh, I'm John Mark Grodi here at the Coming Home Network International. Especially if you are a new convert to Catholicism or if you're th- somebody thinking about becoming Catholic, if you need some help, if you just want to j- journey along with fellow Christian men and women, unpractical men and women, uh, we invite you to join the Coming Home Network at www.chnetwork.org. Got a lot of great resources for you there. Newsletters, uh, videos, articles, all kinds of stuff, as well as an online community where, as I said, you can journey along with other people who, like you, are are, tr- are trying to be theorists in this sense. They're trying to understand, they're trying to seek, um, but to a practical purpose in order to be more faithful uh, to what God has given them and what he's calling them to. So check that out at community.chnetwork.org. And once again, thank you for joining me for this episode of Deep in Christ. I'll talk to you again next week. God bless. God bless.